<clears throat> I love that song, Thy Will Be Done. Amen? Oh, I love that. And I tell you what, every day we have to surrender ourselves to God's will because God's will is always paramount in our lives. We've been doing a series through the month of July, and uh, the series is entitled, Are We There Yet? And uh, we're going with the theme of we are on our way to heaven. We are on this journey to the kingdom of God. And every once in a while, we have to stop in our path, and we've got to ask that question, are we there yet? We're not there yet, but we are reserved to be there, and we're planning on getting there, but we want to have a grand entrance into the kingdom of God. Amen? So we've been talking about are we there yet. The first week of of July, we talked about uh, finding our map, developing a sense of direction. The Israelites were going around a certain mountain called Mount Seir, and they were going around and around, and God said, enough of that, go northward, and uh, go to the heavenly plan that God has designed for you. And uh, so we talked about divine direction in our lives. And then the second week, we talked about getting on the spiritual interstate. Isaiah says that God has designed an interstate that takes us where we are at the moment of salvation directly to the lifestyle that we should live to take us into the kingdom of God. And uh, God has a plan mapped out, a highway, an interstate for the child of God. And then we looked at uh, last week as, at gaining momentum, spiritual momentum. We talked about the importance of growing spiritually, not becoming stagnant, not stopping in our growth. And we talked about that last week. Remember the book of Galatians? Paul was talking to the church of Galatia, and he says, you started out great, but who hindered you to stop you in your Christian growth? So we, we looked at the importance of keeping that spiritual momentum, not that roller coaster Christian life, but that momentum spiritually. And today we're going to be looking at guarding against the wrong detours. And all of us know we have taken the wrong detours. We've gotten off the interstate, got ourselves lost, got ourselves in places we didn't need to be. And today we're going to talk about, uh, and that is guarding against the wrong detours in our life. Guard against all the distractions that can pull us away from the main purpose that we were created. Our main purpose of our journey is to live our lives for the kingdom of God. Now next week I want you to come hear the message next week because it's my final sermon of the series and it's called Reaching Our Final Destination and it's all about heaven. How many want to know about heaven? Raise your hand. You don't want to miss next week because we're going to be shouting all over this place next week. So bring on your shouting shoes and get ready to run. Amen? You're looking at me like, right? hey listen, I have been in churches where people run. I'll never forget, I went to a church down in, uh, let me get a stool here. I was down in uh, Florida, and uh, we were on vacation. I told my wife, I said early, I said, Janet, I'm going to go look for a church for us to attend. So I picked out this church, and uh, it was one of those Holy Ghost churches, you know. So I got in that service, and I, that was the happiest group of people. And I knew before the sermon started, then people were going to erupt in excitement. Well, about halfway through that sermon, that man got preaching, the people got happy. I kid you not. Half that congregation got around, they all started running around that church. And I said, I've always wanted to run around church. This is my chance to blend in. <laughs> he said, did you really? I sure did. It was the best experience I ever had in my life. He said, well, that sounds emotional. You bet it was emotional. It was fun. It was a great experience. It's okay to be happy in church, amen? amen. Look to your neighbor and say, get happy. Can you do that? 
It's, it's good to be happy. You don't have to act like you're in a funeral home. You, you're in the house of God. And I guarantee you when we get to heaven, we're going to do some running for Jesus. Amen? So bring your running shoes next week, and we're going to have a spell. Amen? Some of you are like, i got to see this. Today I want to speak to you on the subject of the wrong detours. The wrong detours in life. And uh, our text is found in Genesis chapter 35. And we're going to talk about a man today who was uh, uh, greatly privileged, but greatly lived an unprivileged life. And his name is Jacob. You've heard about this guy. Uh, and he had a lot of problems in his life. And the guy constantly was taking the wrong detours. And God was watching him and said, are you ever going to get it straight? Are you ever going to make it right in your life? Finally, when he reaches the age of 90, he finally decided to get on the interstate and stay on the interstate till the last days of his life. Today I want to speak to you about the wrong detours. Genesis chapter 35 verse 1 says this, Then God said to Jacob, Genesis 35 1, Then God said to Jacob, Get ready and move to Bethel and settle there. Circle those words. Move to Bethel and settle there. Build an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the Word of God. We pray that we would grow in grace. Thank you for this wonderful congregation, Lord, as we have joined arms together to march towards Zion. Bless us in our faith. Help us to grow in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. God's inner state of holiness is an actual metaphor of a road or a great path that God has provided for his children to walk on. In fact, spending time with God in his word and, and spending time in prayer uh, keeps us on the highway of safety and protection. This is what they call the highway of holiness. Why is it called that way? Because if you walk in the ways of the word, and if you're praying every day, and you're under the influence and the direction of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to walk in the ways of wickedness. You're going to walk in the ways of holiness. And if you're like me, whenever we pray, our prayer is, Lord, help me to be Help me to live right today. Help me to guard my lips. Help me to say the things that please you. Help me to think the thoughts that please you. Help me to, to do the deeds that please you. And we become very conscientious about doing what is right in our life. That's called the way of holiness. The way of holiness has been built over the confusion and the craziness and the philosophy of this broken down world while giving us a concise direction for us to live on a daily basis. So God's highway, or God's interstate, that, that God talks about in Isaiah chapter 35, is actually a lifestyle that has been paid by the precepts, commands, and directives of the Bible. And, and it's a life that is surrendered to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. So millions of believers have walked before us a trodden down path through many, many centuries. There have already been millions of Christians who have been devout followers of this Bible, who have been devout followers of Jesus Christ, and they are now already in heaven. In fact, just a small remnant of, of the church is, is not in heaven yet, and that's you and I. We're, we're that little last remnant, and, and we're waiting for the rapture to take place. Amen? And when the, when the doors of the ark are, is, are closed, and the church of Jesus Christ can be gathered all of the church will be gathered together in heaven. 
So the Christian life and spiritual growth can be figuratively described as a journey. It has a beginning point when we respond to the call of God in our life, and it has a goal, and that is to become Christ-like, and that we will one day enter into the kingdom of God worthy of our calling. And along this way, this journey that we live, we will experience the temptations of delays and detours, discouragements and dangers. But as long as we're walking in the ways of the Lord, even when we're going through really tumultuous, stormy times, as long as you stay true to the Word of God, He will give you that sustaining grace to make it. Isn't that wonderful? That's how I know it's all going to be good. Because as long as we're walking in the ways of the Lord, God will provide for us enough sustenance. He'll give us enough grace to get through what we need to get through in life. Thank God for His goodness. Now, there's a chapter in the book of Genesis of the story of this man whose name was Jacob. And he was starting out and progressing on his journey toward the goal of God's desired plan for his life. And this desired purpose for his life. And you could say that, that Jacob had a very difficult time staying on the interstate. Uh, he, he, had a, he had a hard time staying on the path of holiness. He had, he had a real difficult time staying and walking with the Lord. And, and since Jacob's little, literal journey represents our spiritual journey, we can learn several important life lessons. And I want us to write down just several thoughts this morning, three big thoughts. Number one, guard against the danger of premature detours. I remember we went to Michigan, and uh, my dad has a cabin way up there. It's about three miles uh, across from the Lake Superior uh, from the Canadian line, way, way up there near the corner of Wisconsin in the upper peninsula of Michigan. He's got this little cabin on a little Kabogam Lake. And uh, every summer, he would go up for about five or six weeks, and that was his download time. That was his spiritual recharge. And, and I'd go up maybe for a couple weeks, and uh, we'd go up and... and spend time with uh, some of our relatives and some of our uh, kinfolk. But I remember going up there, we always enjoyed it because you were out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, the only thing you had time to do is get up early in the morning and just sit there and watch the sun come up over the lake. And uh, it was just a time to sit and, and to slow down and just to, to enjoy that beautiful experience, just soaking up being with God and just being with family. And man, I'd always enjoy that, still enjoy it. We'd fish a little bit, uh, and then every evening we'd put a campfire out and we'd sing songs and we'd just, we, we'd always have a really good time. It was always a time of just to get replenished from all the drains that kind of suck the life out of you. But I remember one particular trip and uh, we were all kind of drained. It was a hard year, and we were looking forward to get that cabin. And we got near the Straits, or what we call the Mackinac Bridge, and there was a, a, a little place called the Mackinac Island. And my wife said, you know, we've come by this island a thousand times. We've never stopped over there. Let's go and uh, spend some time. Let's take several hours. That was a big mistake. So we got over there. Several hours turned into several days. She said, why don't we get one of these little cabins, and we'll stay. I said, I can preach on that. She, she's away in Alabama. I said, yeah. So, uh, no, it's between you and me, right? We're not going to, don't you tell on me, or I won't be here next week to talk about heaven. I'm joking. So, um, we stayed in this little cabin right on Mackinac Island. It really was a great experience. We just got caught up. They had the best fudge. I'm a fudge, can you tell? I'm a fudge man. And every other shop was Mackinac fudge, Mackinac fudge. And I had a chance to try every one of them, all 72 of them. 
And, I, of course, now I like the creamy fudge. I don't like the sugary fudge. But, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go there. But, but we just had more eating places, more things to enjoy. And then we got to watch the, the horse and buggies because on the Mackinac Island, no cars were allowed. You, you, you go back to the 18th century or the, uh, before there were automobiles. And it's just the neatest experience. And we got caught up on Mackinac Island. It's like, oh, we got to get to the cabin. And we spent a lot of our time and a lot of our money in a place that we really weren't supposed to, to do, and, and we missed it. And, you know, I thought about the Christian life. There are a lot of things in this world that distracts us and keeps us from going to the desired designation that we need to show up. And this is the story here of this man named Jacob. God told him from his early experience, his first encounter was in this little shepherd's town called Bethel. And God told Jacob, I want you to go to this little town because I'm going to meet you there. And I want, you, I want you to have a nice quiet place for you to develop your spiritual life. And I want you to develop that relationship between you and I. And God says, I want you to go to Bethel there. And, and I want you to stay there. I want you to settle there. And I want us to grow in grace. And God wanted to grow him in character and godliness. Well, that was Jacob's supernatural place of encounter with God. And God wanted Jacob to stay in Bethel. But it wasn't long until Jacob wandered away from that place called Bethel. Early on in his life, he, he, that was a significant starting place for him, but it wasn't long before his attention span was so small that, that his interest in the things of God and the interest in spending time with God and the oracles or the scriptures, he just seemed to wean and waver from all of that. And it wasn't long before he saw another city called the city of Shechem. And the city of Shechem was very unlike the city of Bethel. Bethel was a little shepherd's quiet town, not much going on. Uh, it wasn't much happening there. It, there was nothing to dazzle or satisfy this, the five senses. Uh, Bethel had really nothing to offer. Uh, There's nothing there to tickle the flesh. It was a lowly, quiet, out-of-the-shepherd's-town way. And to many, Bethel would have been considered a, a place uh, of waste or a lost opportunity. But the city of Shechem, my goodness, it had trading posts and it had places of entertainment. It had a place of a hub of activity where people could in, get involved in all areas of entertainment and life endeavors and a lot of financial opportunities. So Jacob was drawn to the city of Shechem. And sad to say, many people view the spiritual life as a small, boring place to dwell and would rather exchange God's appointed quiet place for the loud, flashy lights of Shechem. It was a party town. And we can easily find ourselves in the same situation as Jacob, making premature detours that takes us away from our meeting place with God. He started out in the right direction, but he did not go all the way. He didn't keep going. And he made a commitment of, with God at the beginning. I will go to Bethel, but he didn't hold to his commitment. And how true it is today in our, in our church today. We have so many believers that get saved. They receive the grace of God. God puts them on the highway and they start their path. But because of their lack of tenacity and because because of their lack of devotion to God and because of their lack of commitment to God, they find themselves being attracted to detours that move them away from God's calling in their life. And they miss that destination. 
I'll never forget a, a young couple that was very active in the church. They had uh, a couple teenagers, and, and as the teens grew up, this lady and her husband were tremendous active workers in, in Calvary Baptist Church in Montgomery, Alabama. Man, they were dynamic. They loved the Lord. They had a passion for the Lord. But it wasn't long until their son was really gifted in, 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 in music, and he became a, a country-western singer, and he wrote really great songs. And it wasn't long be, it catapulted him to, to great success, and he became very well-known. And uh, he became very popular, and there was some financial blessing with that. And the guy just really took off. And I'll never forget the day that I talked to his mom and dad, and they came and they sat down. And these people had served the Lord for years, dedicated, loved Christ, just had a passion for the kingdom of God. And they came to me one day and they said, Pastor Tim, we love our church. It's one of those conversations. But our son now has got so many new successful gigs. My wife and I are going to, we're going to become one of his groupies. We're going to follow him wherever he goes. And so we, we're going to give up our, our teaching, our classes and our work and our positions in the church. And we just want to follow him for just for probably a couple months, and, and then we'll come back. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a detour. And they resigned their post, and it wasn't long before they started following his gigs, and, and they never came back. And it wasn't long before both of them began to have marital issues. They both got divorced and their lives just kind of totally collapsed. And I thought to myself, the devil is smart. They were attracted by some detours. Now let me share something with you. If you start serving God and you start living for God, the devil is going to start showing you some really fancy detours to get you off the kingdom of God and to get you off from serving the Lord, keep you away from your relationship with him. That's going to be very well-meaningful and very innocent, but it's not going to be long before he pulls you away from what's really important in life, and that is your relationship with him, your relationship with your church, and your relationship with your opportunities. Many times we enter into a relationship with God and we begin to experience the blessings of God. We even begin to go down that road with great spiritual maturity. But then we begin to relax our efforts and then we relax from our commitments to God and we begin to accept the, the uh, status quo and we make a premature decision that takes us away from God's plan for our life. I have found this, that there are many things that are going to distract you and many detours that are going to take you innocent detours that will take you far away from God's plan for your life. And this is what happened to Jacob. The Jacob was saying all along, I, I, I made a commitment to God, I'm going to go to Bethel, but boy, Shechem sure looks like a fun city. Shechem looks like, man, they got a lot of business going on there, and Jacob loved the money. He loved the money. You know, he, he ripped his brother off and, and, and uh, tricked him out of his birthright. So money and prosperity, that was number one to him, more so than the things of God. He was uh, the, the ultimate businessman, the trickster. And, and through this whole process, through this whole process, Jacob found himself in a very bad place. And then number two, I want you to look at the second thought, and that is guard against looking back at former detours. 
once we get back on the road and we get our lives straightened out after we've been backslidden, we say, you know what, I'm gonna, this time I'm going to really do it right this time. I, this time I'm, I'm going to start living for God and I'm going to start serving God. And, and notice what Genesis chapter 35, 2 and 3 says. So Jacob told everyone in his household, get rid of all your pagan idols, purify yourselves, Put on clean clothing. We are now going to Bethel where I will build an altar to the God who answered my prayers when I was in, look, look at this, in distress. He has been with me wherever I have gone. To make progress on the spiritual journey, we must make a complete break with the old life. And it is so true that we are creatures of habit. We can easily gravitate to the sins of our past. And before Jacob and his family could move forward, they had to clean house first. They had to, to rid themselves of idols which represent anything which we trust, desire, or prioritize over God. You can't travel on God's interstate and embrace the sins of the past at the same time. They had to purify themselves, which was an outward washing, which represented an inward cleansing of the Christian experience as they confessed, repent, renounced sin in their lives. They had to change the clothes, which was a symbolic of leaving the old, sin-tainted clothes behind and putting on the garments of righteousness. They had to completely renounce and rid themselves of all of those things which offered, uh, which offended a holy God and hindered their spiritual work and their spiritual walk. To make progress on their spiritual journey, we've got to make a complete break with the old life. And when we do make a break from the old life, the devil knows how to come back and remind us of the past. The devil knows how to come back. After we start living for God, the devil comes back and reminds us all oh, the pleasures of, that we received. And there is a pleasure of sin for a season. Amen? And sometimes we forget the consequences of sin and we remember the pleasure of sin. And this is true of people with battle addictions. You know, once they get free and they get on the interstate, they think they have totally recovered. But it's not really true because we are always recovering. It isn't long before there is this, you know what, I, I just, I remember the pleasure I had when I took this drug. I had the pleasure when I took this drink. I remember, it's the pleasure, is the hook that the devil pulls, puts in us, and pulls us back into the trap. There's a danger of being rubbernecked. There's a danger of constantly looking back over former detours that we took that really, almost derail us in our Christian walk. So there has to be this fortification. Fortific you see, and Jacob said this. Jacob said, before we go back to Bethel and we're going to really get things right, we are going to disconnect from anything that brought any remembrance of a former past. What are you saying? You know what? In order to go forward for God, you've got to sometimes find new friends. All the party friends that use the wrong language and use the wrong kind of lifestyle. And sometimes you just got to take a break. And you got to break away from former things that pull you down. They're triggers. You got to find better music. Amen? You can't take acid rock and music to glorify the devil and get on the highway of holiness. Somewhere you got to say, you know what? There's a change in my life. I'm going to walk in the way.
Thank you. 